0: Good afternoon, friends. Stephen Benoon with Israeli News Live. And uh, gosh, where to begin tonight? So much is going on in the world. i uh, got Al Jazeera playing on the screen right there, right now for you. Again, 13 more hostages have been released by Hamas. Uh, we thank God for that. We thank God for the families that are getting to be reunited with Uh, Their loved ones that have been taken uh, that have been taken captive Uh, We're going to go more into this a little bit later here in the uh, in the broadcast I'm going to be doing this more from a biblical aspect because of as I've shared with you before the kingdom rising against kingdom Uh, You know It is truly a a war that is going on and I'm going to take this too from the standpoint of Barabbas Uh, you know because clearly we're seeing such a fight that is going on in the Middle East and, and very few people are even paying attention to what's really happening. We're not really looking and examining uh, this from a biblical aspect. I mean, we've got ministers right now that are saying that if you, uh, if you don't support Israel and you, and you dare even support the Palestinian people and what they're struggling through or you're, you know, you're being, what I would say, unbiased, then uh, they think you should be thrown out of the United States. Uh, but yet they don't look at the struggles of these people. They don't look at the fact that, you know, you've got thousands of children that have been killed as a result of Israel's relentless bombardment. Uh, they don't look at what the Palestinians have suffered like in the images you're seeing on your screen now before uh, this war ever began. You know, what's been going on with these people for, for you know, for years and years. None of that has ever been taken into consideration. You know, if you've ever lived in Israel, you would get the idea. And of course, even now we're finding out from those that are being released that since October the 7th, this collective punishment that's been going on has just went went completely nuts in the prisons. One lady that was released from the prison was saying about how that young underage girls were being taken to separate cells, being raped and stuff, you know, as a way of paying the Palestinian people back. For what happened on October the 7th and it's like what did they do wrong why are they being punished for something that that they had nothing to do with you know so we're going to be getting into all of that uh, tonight here Uh, I'm also going to be talking to you about the Christians in Gaza that there is a threat of extinction and I'm thinking to myself you know ministers that are supposed to remember their brothers and sisters and yet they're not being remembered whatsoever Uh, We're going to be talking about Ben-Gavir. We're going to be talking about what Israelis feel like about Ben-Gavir. Forget the ministers that are out there that sing the praises of Ben-Gavir like he's some kind of uh, wonderful hero, some kind of godsend. You know, get your hands off me, as one family says of the hostages to Ben-Gavir. And of course, the heated debate that goes on there. I'm going to take you back to this particular video as well, where the uh, the angry civilians are angry at the israeli minister at the hospital there because they're saying you're the ones that brought this upon us you know and so we're going to look at the scriptures that are involved in this especially like i said we're going to look at barabbas in a way that you've not thought about before uh, i'm really wanting to share some of that with you there uh, right now you probably see above my head though to a very unique email address been x39 at gmail.com I, i'm not going to talk about that here at the beginning of the broadcast i will go into it a little bit later this evening LifeWave. Uh, we've been trying this out lifewave.com and uh, we have become distributors of this uh, i want to share with you at the end of the broadcast some very interesting testimonies that we have had personally with this product and so it's one reason why we have finally decided after uh, a couple of months of, of, of seeing how it works uh, to want to be able to share this with our listeners as well. So I'll uh, we'll be going into that with you. Uh, you can even now, if you want, you can email us uh, on there. My wife and I will be monitoring this email if it is not. If it's not related to this uh, X39 uh, LifeWave product, though, uh, please send those emails to IsraeliNewsLive at gmail.com because if it's not related, I'll have to just forward that to that inbox there because it'll be just too difficult for us to handle uh, both of those. So I'll come back to that a little bit later in the broadcast. Let's get right back into this, though. I want to take you first to the scripture here uh, about Barabbas. And by the way... Some people try to discount the, the validity of the scriptural account of Barabbas uh, because it's only, we only seem to find Barabbas in biblical narrative, but biblical narrative is still historical documentation no matter how you look at it. All four Gospels speak of Barabbas. Uh, they claim that only the book of John uh, refers to him as a murderer. Uh, But in the Hebrew Matthew, it also refers to him as a murderer. In fact, the Hebrew Matthew, I'm going to share with you something that I found in there that blew me off my rocker. That's, That's one of the reasons why I want to come back to the story of Barabbas. And it's because, too, there is such a division in the body of Christ right now over whether to support Israel or not to support Israel in this situation that's happening with uh with uh, Hamas. And and granted if Israel was there and only solely going after Hamas and it wasn't this collective punishment which even Netanyahu has referred to the Palestinians as Amalek and I've done several videos proving to you that the, that these these rabbis are all calling for not just with Gaza to annihilate the, the, the Palestinians of Gaza, but they're doing this over in Ukraine, paying them back for the crimes of the Gentiles that happened to the Jews. Look, I came from a Jewish family. My wife's father was Jewish. Uh, you know, we both know what it's like, you know, to go through these things. My father-in-law's father was taken by Stalin because he was a Jew and taken to Siberia, never to be seen again. All right. I've got, I've got in frames, pictures of my mother's family members that were in Auschwitz, Dukau, Burkinau, death camps, you know, so we understand what it's like to go through the persecution. But then again, you have like the book here, Holocaust, victims accused, right? Written by Rabbi Schoenfeld. Showing the crimes against Jewish people by Jews. So I have to wonder when the scripture says they say they are Jews and they are not. If it's not, we know the Bible is telling the truth, right? So I want you to examine tonight as I share these things with you. What side of the fence are you on? But it doesn't mean that you have to stay on whatever side you're on. Make that decision to know what side you should be on. And after I do this video here, I'm doing another video as well, uh, shortly here after this tonight, that's going up on Patreon. So I'm back in the swing, putting out the Patreon videos, and we appreciate those of you that stay faithful there on Patreon. Your your support is so kind, and we thank you for that as well. Let's look at this, though. And there was one named Barabbas. We're in the book of Mark, chapter 15 which lay bound with them, I'm sorry, it was actually the book of Mark that calls him a murderer, not the book of John, my apology. Uh, Let me back up to verse 6. Now, at at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever whomsoever they desired. And by the way, there is biblical proof that that is very true. Uh, There was a Roman historian named, I think, Livy, I believe it was, that I found that actually talked about how that these feasts there were, that there is historical evidence for that. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. They wanted Barabbas. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will you then that I should do unto him whom you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. You know, when you look at this, it reminds me of modern day uh, Judaism that we see now. And even in Christianity, there is so much talk of an earthly kingdom. And yet Jesus told us, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Jesus also said in another place, he said, if my kingdom was of this world, then my followers would fight. And I'm just paraphrasing it. They would fight. But his kingdom was not of this world. You see, Barabbas, they liked Barabbas because Barabbas was willing to fight for an earthly kingdom for the Jews to rule in. But you're going to find out tonight that the Jews that were ruling, the Pharisees, were illegitimate. That's what we're about to get shocked with. And we're going to look at this from a lot of different angles, so bear with me, all right? Here we are here now. Now, I'm going to, this is the part about Barabbas in the Hebrew Matthew. But then we're going to jump over here to chapter uh, 11, I believe it is. Yes, chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verse 12. That is very interesting. So let me first back up, though, here. Then was fulfilled the word of Zechariah the prophet. And I said to them, If it is good in your eyes, multiply my wages, but if not, forbear. So they weighed for my wages thirty pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Cast it unto the potter. This is from the man who forms clay. As the Lord commanded. Jesus was standing before Pilate who asked him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say it. When Jesus was harassed by the chief priests and elders of the people in regard to some word which they spoke against him, he did not reply. Pilate said to him, Do you not see how much testimony there is against you? But Jesus did not answer him a word, and Pilate was exceedingly amazed by this. On the day of the honored feast of Passover, it was their custom for the commander of the city to give to the people one of the prisoners whom they wished. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's the way this, uh, you know, if you think about it, even here in America, the president, when he's going out of office, pardons so many prisoners, right? Pilate had a prisoner who was almost crazy. His name was Barabbas, taken in a case of murder. So, yeah, not only does Mark say murder, but also the Hebrew Matthew also says murder, too. He had placed him in the dungeon, and when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Which of these do you wish that I should release, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Mashiach or the Messiah? This was because Pilate knew that due to hatred, without cause, he had been taken. Now, here's another interesting aspect, too, and I'll just, I need to put, I want to bring this up about Pilate's wife. Because what gets me is ministers today and Christians alike would rather a murderer be released. And I know you may not realize that. And this is why I say, look at yourself, historically speaking, Where you stand now, and where would you be standing if it was 2,000 years ago? Because, see, you got to remember, like I said, we're not going to look at Barabbas as quite the villainous way that we've looked at it before. But first, let me read this part about Pilate's wife. While he was sitting upon the throne, his wife sent to him a messenger saying, I implore you that in no matter should you speak a word against this righteous man, because in this night I have suffered many things in a vision because of him. The chief priests and the elders of the law assembled the people that they might ask for Barabbas and that Jesus might die. Pilate answered them, which of them do you wish that I should release? They said, Barabbas. Pilate answered them, if so, what shall I do with Jesus who is called Messiah? All of them answered that he should be hung. Pilate said to them, what evil has he done? Then they vigorously cried out, let them hang him, let them hang him, let them hang him. All right. Now I want to take you for a moment. I want you to think about it. Barabbas, we know he was was put in prison for murder. But he's put in prison not by the Jews. He was put in prison by the Romans for murder. It was because of an insurrection. So in the sight of Israel, he's a good guy. Barabbas is a modern-day Ben-Givir. Yes. He is a good Israeli who his only aim is to not allow the Romans to rule over the land. Ben-Givir is much like Barabbas. He doesn't want nobody in the world to tell Israel what to do. And Ben-Gavir has been charged as a terrorist in his own country. I don't know if Ben-Gavir has ever been guilty of killing Palestinians. I. I want to say I've heard that was the case, but I don't know that for sure. So I'm not going to say that. But this is what I see going on right now. Now, Palestinians are not the Romans. Uh, The Romans of today is like Donald Trump, for example, or Biden, who are calling out for anyone that dare goes against Israel. In other words, they're willing to pander for whatever Israel says. Whatever the Pharisees say, they're willing to pander and do that bidding for them. Pilate was no different. Even though the Romans were controlling all of Israel, these Pharisees still had so much sway, so much power over the West. In this case, it was a little bit northwest of them. That Whatever they called for. That's what they got. Isn't that interesting? They wanted Barabbas to be released. The Ben-Gavir of his day. Uh, you know, and, and to give you an idea, well, we'll go we'll go to Ben-Gavir in a little bit here, though. Not, not quite yet. So they asked, they cried out. The Pharisees got them to cry out for Barabbas. Instead of Jesus, even though Jesus has done great miracles, done wonderful things. But you got to remember, Jesus wasn't about the state of Israel. That's where the problem comes in. That's like Christians today. Think about it. Christians today, they're not worried about an earthly kingdom. They're more concerned about a heavenly kingdom. You're the ones then they call to have hung. And don't worry, the Pharisees have a Noahide law to put you to death for even thinking of siding with Jesus for a heavenly kingdom. Think about that, right? I want to show you something, though, about the Pharisees in the Hebrew Matthew that I never saw before. Chapter 11. And I was actually looking at this because I was looking to see about the insurrections that were going on. That type thing there. It's not not about an insurrection, but it was very interesting. Jesus is saying about John the Baptist, right? He goes here, and, and this I'm I'm bringing this out too because of the blind. That's how I stumbled across this. Because you see, the scripture says. Before I read this, let me let me kind of set the stage for you real quick on this. I think it's here. Oh, oh, this this is a different one altogether one too. We'll come back to that in a second. Remember what Jesus said? Now that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Know you not that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Hold that in your mind right there. Now, Jesus just said that about the Pharisees. So you ministers and Christians that are supporting modern-day Phariseeism, I call them the men in black, that are ruling Israel, that are also bombing Gaza into oblivion and calling for the deaths and total annihilation of the people of Gaza that have nothing to do with what Hamas did, let alone the fact that it's obvious that it was an inside job and that it was done for a totally different reason that's not been revealed yet, other than what we've shared with you. But Jesus said, but every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. He also said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. If they blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So here's what's interesting. Jesus says that all that, that God didn't plant, in other words, in other words, are not of a true Israelite seed. They're going to be rooted up. But then he tells his disciples, leave them alone. In other words, it's not your place to root them up. He said, they be blind leaders of the blind. They're blind leaders. And they're leading what? The blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Now, here's what's funny. Now you've got all these Christians and Christian ministers that are following these Pharisaic rabbis. Unconditionally supporting Israel. I did it too. Hey, believe me, I I know I was right there with you. Unconditionally supporting Israel, no matter what Israel does, even when you see that the Israeli people, I mean, I'd have more respect for you if you at least had the had the courage. I mean, I'm, I'm not against you supporting Israel. But if you had the courage to say, Netanyahu, what are you doing by just bombing into oblivion and then calling upon Congress and and senators and the president of the United States and and demand, look, we love Israel, we love the people of Israel, but we cannot, for the life of us, allow these over 6,000 children to be put to death. Because Netanyahu says they're being used as human shields uh, so therefore we just got to take them out as well. No real sustainable evidence of Hamas in the hospitals or in the church or any other place. Right? And you won't even stand with your own Christian brothers and sisters. So he said if they be Blind be the leaders of the blind, they both shall fall in the ditch. Now, who else is blind? Well, Jesus says in the book of Revelation, in the the Laodicean church, I know thy works, you are neither cold nor hot. I would you would be cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and you're not either cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. I'll just spit you out. Because you say I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest thou not that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. That's the latest in church. But you don't have to stay that way. That's why I say, what side of the fence are you on? You could get on the right side. There's still time because Jesus says, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That you may be rich in white raiment, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness do not appear, and anoint your eyes with Isaac, that you that you may see. How did they become blind? Have you ever wondered about that? How did how did the church become blind? Because Jesus already told you. He already told you. They be blind, leaders of the blind. You begin to follow the men in black. You begin to follow Israel blindedly. Pharisees who Jesus told you are blind, you begin to follow them. That's why Jesus says you're blind, miserable, naked, and you don't even realize you're naked. And that nakedness is a lot, you have no idea what that really is, do you? Same thing that was happening to Adam and Eve when they realized they were naked. It wasn't so much the fact they didn't have clothes on. They were in a human body. There was no Holy Spirit there. That's why they were naked. The bad thing is, oh, you don't even know it. Now, to show you another one real quick, and we'll come back to where we were left off over here in, in um, Matthew's Gospel. By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing. We're in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Uh, let me back up just for a moment. This is where Jesus was talking about to his uh, apostles There is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given, for whosoever hath to him it shall be given to Uh, He who shall have more abundant, but whosoever hath not from him shall it be taken away, even that what he has. All right. Um, That's actually really not the main one I wanted to go to. Maybe this is it here. Okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer you, them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour the widows' houses, and for a pretense make a long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold more child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guys. Think about those people that are becoming what they call Noahides now. You're compassing land and sea to make these proselytes. And they're twofold more child of hell than you are yourself. You got that one there and let's see this one. We'll come back to the kingdom of heaven in a minute here. Let's jump back over here to where I wanted to bring you to though. The blind see the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are revived and the poor are acquitted. Blessed is he who is not perplexed in me, Jesus says. It came to pass as they were going that Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. You went out of the wilderness to see what? A reed cast about by the wind? Or what did you go out to see? Do you think that John was a man clothed in noble garments? Behold, those who wear noble garments are in kings' houses. If so, what did you go out to see, a prophet? Truly I say to you that this one is greater than a prophet. This is he about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will make the way clear before me. Again Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, among all those born of women, none has risen greater than John baptizer. Here's what's important though. I'm going to blow it up. Verse 12. We're going to look at something here that I found very fascinating. From his days until now, the kingdom of heaven has been oppressed. And senseless persons have been rending it. And they put that senseless persons in in a bracket right there. And you're going to see why in just a moment. But I want you to know the kingdom of heaven has been oppressed. The children of God are the kingdom of heaven. For example, the Christians that are in Gaza are part of the kingdom of heaven. And they're being oppressed. They're being oppressed by now. We read here senseless persons. That's not really what it says in Hebrew, in verse twelve. Now the reason why it's in brackets is because in the particular Shimtob's Hebrew go, uh, Gospel. That is not in that particular version of it, but it is in a version that is found in the Netherlands, uh, and I'll show you where that's at, in the Medieval Manuscripts of the University of Leiden. all right, that's what we have here for uh, when you go down here to verse 12, and we get the letter A, the letter A right there, I just barely highlight on your screen, is from the University of Leiden. and their ancient document manuscripts, they actually have it, and I'm going to make this still bigger, Let's, oh, sorry. I want to make sure you can really see this really well. Alright. Before we get to the part where it says, and have been rending it, the kingdom of heaven, have, heaven has been oppressed, and senseless persons have been rending it. Well, Hanabalim is not senseless persons, it's bastard children. Bastard children have been rending have been rending what? The kingdom of heaven. They have been oppressing it and rending it, destroying it. Any bastard children. What bastard children is Jesus talking about? Well, he's already told you, Pharisees. And we know that they're bastard children because we know according to the scripture. And I'm doing this for the sake of those that do not know this. And I've also found this in the book of Kings, too, by the way. Uh, But in uh, Ezra, is that that where I'm thinking about? I know I can't hear any of you guys, but if you could help me, that would (laughs) help. All right. Ezra chapter 9, right? Here's where you get the bastard children. For they have taken of the daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the peoples of the lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers have been first in this faithlessness. What, what was it that they did? They intermingled their seed with the Canaanites, Hittites, Persites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians. And Amorites. Wow. So the Pharisees are bastard children. According to. The very book here. Of Ezra chapter 9. And that's exactly what Jesus brings out over here in the Hebrew Matthew. That they are. That heaven has been oppressed. And bastard children have been rending it. And I never knew that. And there it is right there. It's in that particular. Vihana, uh, excuse me. Balien, written in the medieval manuscript. That is on file with the University of Leiden In the Netherlands. I was blown away to find that out. So now. Jesus has already told you. That the bastard children. Are rending the kingdom of heaven and oppressing which are the believers. And yet, sadly enough, for all the prophets and the law spoke concerning John, and if you wish to receive it, he is Elijah who is going to come. He who who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, Jesus said, I will liken this generation of lads who sit, we don't have to read that part there, but the point is, is they did, they, they killed John. And that's what Jesus was showing you. The bastard generation is the one that killed him. No wonder why they wanted Barabbas released. Because the bastard generation only wants to be able to uh, rule and reign over the earth. So now here we are. They couldn't pull it off then. Jesus says that when his apostles asked him, they came out of the temple. He said, there won't be one stone left here upon another. Matthew chapter 24, right? Remember that? And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see see you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. He knew he was going to send judgment for what they had done. But yet, I'm sorry, you guys still want to support the modern state of Israel that has the murdering spirit upon it. Barabbas is a murdering spirit. It's not just a murdering spirit. Barabbas is an insurrectionist. He's not going to have the United Nations or anybody else telling him what to do He's going to kill anybody he has to kill to make sure that the Pharisees, who are an illegitimate, bastard-born group, stay in power. That's right. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when all these things will be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Take, no, take heed, no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Claiming that they're, the word Christ means, they'll say that they're anointed. We see that already. Wars, rumors of wars, so you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. The Pharisees would come back, but remember, I read to you the scripture just the other day. Jesus said to the Pharisees, the kingdom shall be torn from you and given to a nation, bringing forth fruit, meat for repentance. So Jesus admitted that the Pharisees were running the kingdom at that time, but it's going to be taken from them and given to the nation, bringing forth fruits. That would be those that would be filled with the Holy Spirit because they even asked Jesus, will you at this time you restore the kingdom to Israel? That's why Paul says, not all Israel is that which is outwardly, but that which is inwardly. Paul was right in what he was saying. It's not a replacement theology. It is the gospel truth is what it is. When you believe the words of Jesus Christ, you are Israel. That don't matter if you're Jewish by descent or not, you're still Israel. Now the two kingdoms have risen up against each other. Because, Jesus we've been ruling and reigning with Christ for 2,000 years now. But the Pharisees have come back on the scene. And they want, they want to take their place back. And sadly, ministers are helping them to do it. No wonder why it follows up with, And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Wow, doesn't that remind you of when they said, the, what, what did the Pharisees tell the people to do? Cry out for Barabbas. The Pharisees are doing the exact same thing today stand with Israel and call out all these anti-Semites and send them to their deaths. Hate it for all nations for my name's sake. What side are you on? And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. They get offended, why? Because you don't stand with the Pharisee kingdom and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and they're doing a very good job of that there's not many people you've got a few people out there you've got chuck baldwin even rick wiles he's got the courage to call things what they are but everybody's labeled an anti-semite because we dare stand for christians and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. What gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ that lets. He just. What gospel? The kingdom rises against the kingdom. The Pharisee bastard children are trying to come back into power again. And then look, even Israelis have more brains than a lot of Christians, right? Look at this right here. Listen to it for yourself. Okay, Israeli okay. cabinet minister had to leave the hospital, right? She came there to visit the wounded. This is right after October the 7th. Asaf Horef Hospital in uh, Sifarim. The central Israel after the deadly attack by Hamas. And then she was run out of there by Israelis. Silman left the hospital after angry residents accused the government of ruining the country. You know, you know friends, and then you get you get people like Ben look, look, look at here. This is on daily.com. Get your hands off me, family of Israeli hostages, rip into the National Security Minister for hugging them, posting picture asking him not to. I begged you not to capitalize on our suffering now, said Gil, uh, Gil Dick- Dickman. Also, choose our life before the death of our enemy, said Udi Gorin, who had a cousin abducted from their home in the, uh, near Yitz- uh, Yitzhak Kibbutz. And let me play some of this for you. Some of this was going on there. Let's listen into this. By the way, there's Ben Givir right there. This guy right over here. Two people over. So angry with him, right? And then across the other side as well. Listen in. Sorry. I'm listening to it. I understand what they're saying, but I I can't translate like that for you guys there. But uh give me one second. There's the family members. What? angry. They're angry because Ben-Givir, he doesn't care what they think, he's going to do that death penalty anyway. And they're asking, they're pleading with him not to call for this death penalty for Hamas that they capture until they get the hostages back home. That's all they're asking. Sickening disgrace at the Knesset where uh, Nutsikman, Idmar ben gvir a, a smirking racial su- uh, supremacist ex-terrorist. And ex- how do you become an ex-terrorist, right? And screaming at families of Israeli hostages. ben who uh, whose authority includes control over the Border Patrol units in the West Bank, has been convicted on at least eight charges of supporting terrorist organizations' incitement to racism, reported the New Yorker. Gavir once used a noose to threaten an Arab lawmaker and hung a picture of Baruch Goldstein, an extreme racist settler who massacred 29 Muslims worshippers at the Cave of the Patriarchs in 1994 in his family's living room. Gavir and his wife spent their first date visiting uh, Goldstein's grave. Um... This is the guy that did not want to be hugged by him whatsoever. We love and embrace the families of the abductees and must tell the truth. Ben Givir wrote in the Hebrew just as the ground maneuver is important for increasing the pressure on Hamas and to return the abductees so as passing a death sentence for its terrorists in the Middle East. They don't blink. They hit the enemy with all the tools and bring him to his knees. I asked Itmar Ben Gavir to postpone the special discussion on the death penalty law for terrorists. Dickman wrote in another tweet, Itmar caressed my cheek and said, I'll do it anyway. You know, the reason why they're asking is because they figure if you start doing all these threats here, they may not get their loved ones back. So I understand their argument on that. Get your hands off me, Dickman replied in the photo of Ben Givier holding him. According to a tweet by uh, Ben Sanders, translating a response by Dickman, get your hands off me, my face Says it all. I said, don't hug me. You hug me anyway. I said, don't endanger our loved ones. Still, you endanger them all for a photo. You know, Itmar Ben-Givir, you have no limits. We all see you making a circus on our family's blood. It's not too late. Stop. Dickman finished. These are the type of things. And yet, you've got ministers that, that, that say, oh, ben is a wonderful guy. And yet in his own fascist rhetoric, he says to the people, the Palestinians that are being released from prison, they're not allowed to speak to journalists. They're not allowed to to, to be happy or to celebrate or anything. They're released. He said, if you do, you'll be put back in prison again. I mean, the guy is completely insane again. But what do you what do you expect? You got Barabbas. That's what you wanted. You got Barabbas. And the guy probably should be in jail. But you know, Israelis can kill Palestinians, no big deal. They're free. Let them go. And in this article here about the Gaza Christians fear threat of extinction, right? 38-year-old Palestinian Christian, her husband and three children huddled alongside fellow churchgoers and Muslim neighbors and friends, lulling their children to an exhausted sleep amid the sounds of bombing, muttering, soft words of encouragement to each other, right? Watch what else it says here. Their sense of safety was shattered on October the 19th when Israel bombed the nearby church of St. Peripheris, Gaza's oldest, killing at least 18 people. The Israeli army said in a statement that the church was not the target of the attack. The missile fell directly on it. Tarzi said of the Greek Orthodox site, we cannot believe that the church was not their aim. Two days earlier, an explosion at Al-Ahali Arab Hospital, an Anglican institute located a few blocks away, killed and injured hundreds. A Christian hospital. Uh, Another place. We do not accept the displacement from our country, our land, our, our churches, she said. I will not leave the church except to the grave. Well, 18 people went right straight to the grave. Only 800 to 1,000 Christians are believed to still live in Gaza, uh, constituting the oldest Christian community in the world, dating back to the first century. Mitri Rahib, an evangelical Lutheran pastor and founder of Dal Al-Kalamani University in Bethlehem, said it was conceivable that the current conflict would spell the end of its long history in this strip of land. This community is under threat of extinction," Rahib told Al Jazeera. "I'm not sure if they will survive the Israeli bombing, and even if they survive, I think many of them will want to immigrate. We know that within this generation, Christianity will cease to exist in Gaza," he added. By the way, in Bethlehem, I did a report on that a little while back. Um, their numbers have dwindled so small now; they have to flee. And it's not because of the Arabs in their community. It's because of what the Israeli IDF is doing to them. It's one thing to be a Muslim. It's another thing to be a Christian Arab. That's like double the sin. So it's, it's, it's just unbelievable, friends. I, 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 don't even know, I don't even know which way to go uh, in all this. And then Trump, in his rhetoric, calling to throw out everybody that even remotely were to stand for the truth of what's going on what where where is trump where is biden where is all these these leaders that could say israel killing all these children is a crime they don't even have the courage to stand up for that Okay, friends. So, I as I said to you, as we close out this evening, I want to tell you a little bit about what we have become distributors of, and uh, it's very LifeWave. We've become distributors of LifeWave. Uh, more specifically, the X39 uh, patch is what most people know it by, and we're right above my head. I have a special email for those of you that might end up being interested in this uh, or even in the product that this is. It it is a very special uh, patch that, uh, and we're going to be going into this later this week, sharing that with you about this, but this stimulates your own body's uh, stem cells. And I, I did not want to support the product unless I knew for sure that it is beneficial. And uh, we have our own experience after a couple of months already of using the product now, uh, we are seeing tremendous results. My wife as well, uh, who is not only has suffered severe uh, PTSD as a result of the murder of her father, but uh, we've even seen in a short period of time, the X39 patch actually begin to help her heal from uh, this uh, horrible condition of PTSD. And not only that though, my wife is studying right now functional medicine. She's going to be a function medicine practitioner uh, where uh, she can also incorporate more about this product uh, and helping uh, people in the very near future. So anyway, without getting too deep into all this, we're uh we're going to want to share this product with you. We think it's going to be beneficial for thousands of people uh that listen to our broadcast, not to mention because we are distributing this uh this product as well like we do the e m p shield You will find too that uh that it blesses our ministry by and blessing you especially at the same time. Uh, So many wonderful testimonies we've heard already. That's what got us more interested. But again, I needed to see for myself that it really does work there. So right above my head, we have a very unique email just for this product. Benun, my last name, B-E-N-N-U-N, X39 at gmail.com. So if you want to be a part of or you're wanting to know more information about this, about the product, how it helps, and there's a lot of other products besides uh, the X39 patch uh, at LifeWave there, and we have also, when if you do decide you're going to get the product, we've specifically made sure that we had a unique sign-up uh, thing where you know you're signing up with us because it'll have our name involved in there as well, LifeWave.com forward slash uh, Benoon, something to that effect. Anyway, I'll share that more with you a little bit later, but go ahead and email us. Let us know that you are interested. We're gonna be doing Zoom meetings just for this and uh, sharing that with people, helping them get signed up for those that want to try the product, uh, just to see if it helps them as well. So thank you, thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Uh, also too, like I said, my father-in-law, you know, he was he was murdered. Uh, his website, just as a reminder, those that want to help support uh, this ongoing case, We have an amazing information that will be coming out uh, at the first of the year about the case there, and it's going to shock a lot of people. But anyway, justiceforstephansuto.org. We appreciate those that have been donating and helping uh, for the the legal costs that we have involved in this uh, as well. We thank you for that. Uh, but justice is going to be served. And we're very happy to be able to share with you in the very near, not so distant future about that. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. God bless you. I hope today's message was a blessing for you as well. And uh, and email us. BenoonX39 at gmail.com. By the way, if you're emailing us something about the ministry, Always do Live at gmail.com. If it's something like that uh, on this email here, we'll just have to forward it to our Israeli News Live email and answer you the best we can in there because it'll be too difficult to do two different emails or answer emails that are not related uh, to this subject here. God bless you and thank you for listening. I'm Stephen Benoon with Israeli News Live.